I hope that my love of John the Baptist also points people to Jesus and not just to John the Baptist, but it's very exciting. So. I am forever going to refer to him as the original cradle Catholic now. Like that's just... That's such a great title for him. And I'm sure he loves it and he would probably wear it on a shirt if he were here right now. He'd be like, yes, this is my new name. This is the slogan. So I just, it just makes it, ha- it makes me happy to think that, you know, it wasn't impossible to know Jesus from birth and to grow to continue to love him deeper because that's what we've been raised as if you were yeah. an infant. This episode of Beyond Sunday is brought to you by Assumption University in Windsor, Ontario. One of Canada's most historic Catholic institutes of higher learning, tracing its origins to 1857. Learn more about their online graduate diploma in Catholic studies by going to assumptionu.ca or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I am your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Tara Stenger, your guest co-host for the week. Put down the Advent calendar candy and put the shoes away. And join us as we talk, laugh, and reflect on our experiences raising Catholic families and allowing God to transform our everyday lives. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Welcome back, Tara. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yes. I hope Rocky's feeling better, but I'm happy to be here with you all today. Um, How are your Advent candles going? Uh, well, we have these glass ones that are different colors, you know, Fancy. like purple glass and pink glass. And then we put beeswax candles in them. So the first one is just like a puddle of beeswax. But it's still working. It's fine. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I always wonder about them getting down to that little stub. Like, are we going to make it? <laughs> oh, my husband rearranges them on our Advent calendar. Like during Advent? During, right, during Advent so that they all try to burn evenly. So he'll take the first one and move it to the, like switch the first and the fourth so the fourth one gets burnt and such like that because we try to light it every night at dinner. So he, he is very meticulous and engineers our Advent candles to try to get the most use out of all of them. The pink one, he can't do anything with. But There's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> he tries to keep the purple somewhat even, but and we still get again, to a stub. What so. does your husband do for a living? He does a bunch of things, but works in logistics, but there has studied industrial engineering. So here he, it is. He's an efficiency guy. So, <laughs> but that's that's how we avoid just one stub every year is we try to stub them all at the same time. So. I bet you if he could figure out a way to make that pink one burn faster, he would. He would. If he could keep them even, he would. There's no question in my mind. I'm shocked he's not whittling it down each day to come, but then it won't fit in the stand. That's amazing. I love it. I do too. It makes me happy. And then I don't have to worry about it because he takes care of it all. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That first one gets so short so fast. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we got to light the other one. But this one's so short. And the kids are late. Yeah. The kids do get stressed about it. So I wonder if one of them will figure out they should rotate them the way your husband does. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if we can do that. He's like, we're going to do it. So I'm like, okay. So fascinating. We've been doing it for years now. Yeah. So the second Sunday is coming up. We're going to light another candle. Hopefully that first one isn't totally dilapidated just yet. Um, And I think it is getting, at least in my house, ever more difficult to remember that Christmas is not here yet. Yes. I mean, there's been Christmas decorations in the store since like July 5th. Right. Christmas music has been on since Halloween, if not soon after, right? Yeah. It is just like really hard to be like, we are still in Advent. And I know Evan is short um, because the fourth Sunday is also Christmas Eve, but like 
what are we doing here? Like, what's what's our goal? So I just think this week, the gospel reading, especially with John the Baptist, is like Yay. a great time to think about, like, how are we preparing the way, but realizing that it's not time just yet. Right. And Tara, I know how much you love to talk about John the Baptist. Yes, I so love him. So let's talk about him in this gospel reading, because I think you probably have lots of thoughts on John the Baptist. I am a big fangirl of John the Baptist. Uh, anybody who knows me knows this. Uh and he's just amazing. I love how quirky he is and just how he points everybody to Christ. But he's kind of no nonsense about it, not in a mean way, but just in a, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> and I love that they're cousins and just how family can help us grow closer to God and all of those different things. But uh, it's great. I'm excited when he shows up in the gospel. My husband knows and he like looks at me and I like reverently get excited. <laughs> So you're not like fist pumping in the middle of mass. I might be fist pumping next to my side or squeezing my husband's hand hard because we get excited. And uh, it's great because I, yeah, I just am a big John the Baptist fan for many reasons. Uh, and so some of it is his quirkiness, you know, the hanging out in the desert and just beaten to his own drum. It gives you permission to do the same. But I also love that. I mean, John knew Jesus from the beginning. We hear, right, yes. at the visitation that John leapt in Elizabeth's womb when Jesus was near. And so I always think, as a cradle Catholic, that John the Baptist is kind of one of the first ones, right? He's one of those people who knew God from from infancy, if not earlier, <laughs> and continued to grow and then dedicated his life to helping others know him too. But it wasn't a just one and done. He met him once and I've done my duty. I'm good. Like we see him throughout the Gospels, like at the baptism of the Lord, having this profound experience, this profound encounter as he baptizes Jesus and not feeling worthy that even though I I am anointed, I am called to this, that it's still, I'm not sure, God, this is what you want me to do. And But he's still always pointing people to Jesus, even when he's not sure, because he's not sure of his own worthiness, but he knows God can work through it. And so I get very excited about John the Baptist, and I love to share him with others. And I hope that my love of John the Baptist also points people to Jesus and not just to John the Baptist, but it's very exciting. So. I am forever going to refer to him as the original cradle Catholic now. Like, that's just... That's such a great title for him. And I'm sure he loves it. And he would probably wear it on a shirt if he were here right now. He'd be like, yes, this is my new name. This is the slogan. So I just, it just makes it, ha it makes me happy to think that, you know, it wasn't impossible to know Jesus from birth and to grow to continue to love him deeper because that's what we've been raised as if you were yeah. an infant, you know? No, that, so that really great. makes sense because there's definitely like a lot of uh, media attention around people who convert, people who revert, you know, there's a lot of that around there, but like you don't have to stray, you can stay. Right. It can be both stories, right? Yeah. They're all part of the story of our faith, right? Yeah. Those those stories of adults coming to the faith can be just as inspiring, but it can be just as inspiring to stay faithful and live it. And there can be times where you live, lived it as a child and then still keep growing deeper and going and growing. And yeah. I love it. So And so I get excited in these Gospels when he reminds us like, hey, I am going to do something, but God can do even more. Yeah. So, you know, don't get caught up in me. But know that more is coming. So like I baptize you in water, but there's one among you who you do not recognize and he's coming. And so I just love his humility, but like his boldness in it. Like, you yeah. know, it's not just shying away. It's like, listen, it's not me, but get excited. It's coming. It's kind of like those times I try to get my kids excited for stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Hey, this isn't it. 
but something's coming. And then I just hope that whatever I've built up doesn't disappoint them. (laughs) But I know Christ won't. Christ won't disappoint them. But I know sometimes my fun surprise of new clothes might. (laughs) Yeah, right. Clothes, mom, really close. New shoes. We're going shoe shopping. That's exciting. (laughs) But you need winter boots. It's cold out. So, But I do love how John the Baptist is such a good model for this like super exciting like anticipation but also like we're still waiting he's not like let's celebrate now even though he's not here yet right Right. like he's really modeling this disposition that we're all trying to be in as we come into the second week of advent like yes it's getting very close but it is not here yet and we're going to prepare the best possible way we can and him doing that through baptizing people in the river jordan is just like that's my fave. I, just, I love it. I love how you just described that, like celebrating and he's not here yet. It'd be like throwing a surprise party and, and the having the cake there. and doing all that before the person even gets there. And then you're like, surprise! And we they're like, oh, we ate your cake and had the pizza, but oh, and we needed your presents. Like, it's not, you know, there can be that preparation of things have to happen ahead of time, but we know the focus and our main celebration is on Christmas. Yes. You know? Yes. I love it. I love it. So we have some saints coming up this week. I know. It's so exciting. It's like super exciting. This is the other part, right? Like it's building up the anticipation. So the waiting is still happening, but there are a few things that you can do to continue to celebrate as you get closer. And the first one is St. Lucy. And I just, I personally think she's very cool. And if you have boys, they probably think it's very cool that she has her, she's often depicted with her eyes on a plate. Usually, have you ever done like the grapes on a plate to be the eyeballs? No. I kind of want to now. Yeah, you serve you serve eyeballs, oh. or you like or olives. You maybe? see it sometimes around Halloween, like learning about like the gory scenes. Yes, and you do like the put your hand in a box and what oh, does yes. it feel like? And it's grapes, but it feels like eyeballs and such like that. But yes, but that's how she's often depicted, yes, right? Is her eyeballs with on her a plate. eyeballs on a plate? So the kids think that's super cool for whatever reason. Um, but she's such a wonderful model of sacrificial love for Christ, right? Um, So I mentioned this in a previous episode, but because Lucy means light, she's the patron saint of sight, eyesight, people with eye um, illnesses. Yes. Um, So we always go to look at the Christmas lights on her feast day, and we talk about bringing light into the world, and we talk about what a gift it is to have our, our sight and to be able to enjoy things that are beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. Especially with it being so dark, (laughs) you know, just outside at this time of year. It's just, it's so great when you can, that's why I love Christmas lights. They give you just that joy or finding a new neighborhood to go check out and see the lights there or go, if it's warm enough, that's a relative word in December, but you know, uh, being able to go for a walk outside. We have a lot of neighbors that do like the big arches over the sidewalk and you walk through the tunnel of lights and things. Those are really cool. Or taking your flashlights out as you're going for a walk, like all those different things can really make it memorable. And it's such a good opportunity to really help them start connecting beauty with their faith. Right. right? Like we are all drawn to beauty already, but like giving them the words and the vocabulary to say like, this is so beautiful. And this reminds me of what a gift it is to be here or what a gift it is to have my family you know like to point to that deeper meaning of of what we can kind of pull from or extract from seeing something beautiful and point it back to our faith and our and our love for each other and for Christ I think giving them that language early is so helpful because that's something that they will kind of fall back on even in their moments of stress or you know 
maybe they do fall away, but we're, we're just, we're, we're building a foundation for them to be able to have those words in the future as they get older. Right, and I think too, like you were just saying, to go out to do this, I think as you were talking of love of God and love of neighbor, so that, that beauty, but also this Thanksgiving that my neighbors decorated their houses, that they did, they went through these efforts to do that, that I'm appreciative of them mm-hmm. and thankful for them uh, helping bring this joy into my life. And then what are other opportunities and places we can be thankful for what people have done and yeah. find joy in that. So usually we go look at the lights and we pop popcorn and take like some cookies with us, but nice. I... I'm very seriously considering bringing some grapes with us now. <laughs> it can be both. Like I like to do, like uh, you know, pretzels and marshmallows, or popcorn and marshmallows, and things like that. So That's you could just so do good. both. You could have a sweet, or a, uh, you know, sweet and a healthy treat. So grapes yes. and that. So yes, and I do want to give this little like real life tip for you all. If your kids have never been exposed to St. Lucie before, and they're like, "Dad, why does this lady have eyeballs on a plate? What is?" going on here, um, we just have this little note that martyrs are often depicted showing some aspect of the death that they endured. And that's a reminder that what was painful in this life when endured for the love of Jesus can be transformed into a victory um, and God's glory in heaven. So it's really, you know, the martyrs are are happy to be depicted in this way, even though it's a sign of how they died. They did so for Christ. And now we know that they are in heaven, enjoying eternal life and the beatific vision. So it's a good way to kind of help kids kind of turn this idea on its side and not think about it as something that's scary or sad, but think about the joy that came afterwards because they gave so willingly of themselves. And it's an opportunity still to learn more about their lives. You know, they aren't known just for that one moment, but that's something that helps draw us closer in faith to find ways that God might be calling us to die to self or you know, be a witness in the world to call ours, call us to heaven, but to help others grow too. Um, but I love learning about the saints. Like I know we're going to talk about some more too, but this time of year too, because we're spending extra time with family and we're spending extra time with others. So the communion of saints gives us that opportunity to learn more about our spiritual family and start traditions with them, right? The traditions we have with Nana and Papa or aunts and uncles, well, we can have traditions with the communion of saints too. And so now you have me inspired about the popcorn though. That could be good too. Because so, it looks different, right? It starts as seeds and then it, gr- it pops into something different. Oh. So. I love it. I love it. This is why I like hanging out with you, Terry. You have so many brilliant ideas. We inspire one another. Yes, it's fabulous. Um, And then December 12th, we always celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I love her as a a model for waiting with anticipation uh, because she appeared pregnant. Right. Right. Jesus wasn't had not been born yet. And that was just such a beautiful way for her to um, invite all of us to enter into this experience. Right. And and there are so many great stories and books and articles and videos about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Like she, you know, she came to 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 minister to like to transform the people of of Mexico, but she extends so much farther now because of the beauty of the image, right? So experiencing again that beauty and being able to talk about the symbolism in in the image and and the story of St. Juan Diego and how she appeared to him. It's so I just I love it. She's one of my favorites for sure, like hands down one of my favorites. She's amazing. And yes. I think last episode we talked a lot about coming as you are to adoration or things like that. And she's a great example of coming as you are to speak to the native people there, right? She yeah. she appeared 
as they would recognize her. And that's just such a beautiful opportunity to realize God's trying to reach our hearts as we are, and that we also have the opportunity to share him in our normal experiences, in our normal day-to-day life, right? And our job is to help prepare that way, going back to John the Baptist. I found, Are you shocked? No. I him in there? <laughs> Actually, no, not even a little bit. We should have counted how many times I mentioned him. But <laughs> later on, we're going to do that. We're going to tally it up while we listen. Um, I, I remember being pregnant and like just finding so much um, comfort in Our Lady of Guadalupe. Like you said, yeah. coming as you are. Because, you know, you waddle into mass sometimes, 36, 38 weeks pregnant, and yeah. you are just not feeling it. And you're like... Here I am, Lord. Yeah. My feet are so swollen. I came to church in flip flops. It's a right. hundred degrees outside because this baby's being born in August. Right. What are you what are you gonna do with this hot mess? Right. And he always does something wonderful. Mm-hmm. So she just gives so much hope there and so much joy. And the waiting when you're pregnant is like, I don't know, maybe one of the hardest kinds of waiting. Yeah, I know we say pregnant pause like it's just a gentle thing, but it's it's long. I used to say I felt like a crockpot on low all the time because <laughs> yes. you just feel so warm on top of the outside heat and everything like that. So it's just, it is a lot of waiting. And then a lot of anticipation, right? Like what's going on with the baby? What's going on with me? What happens? Your whole house and life is changing. Am I ever going to sleep again? Yeah. No. Yeah. The answer is <laughs> so no. <many> <laughs> Maybe, but it'll just, no. (laughs) So many questions, right? Like, yeah, I just, she's such a wonderful model for that. And if you're in your childbearing years, you know exactly what we're talking about. And this is a great week to really kind of like run to her and ask for her prayers. She's just, she's such a wonderful companion to have on this journey during Advent while you're raising your little people. Right. Yeah. She's my favorite. And even if you read her story with Juan Diego, like Think of your children of like, hey, I want you to do this. Okay, but I'm not going to. But then maybe right. I will. Like there's the, even those moments of connecting in motherhood of that, of just trying to guide your child to make their own choices. Let and, me give you the directions again. Yeah. And they'll get there. They'll get there. And <laughs> and Juan Diego is a great saint to look to as well. But it's just you find those little moments that really reflect our everyday lives. Yes. And this awesome, amazing story of evangelization and conversions. So. Yes. And we mentioned previously about this too, but like it's a great day to eat some Mexican food. 100%. Every day is a great day to eat Mexican food, but definitely on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe is an excellent day to do that. Yeah. Yes. Well, now you're making me think I should do it twice that week if we have St. Juan Diego's feast earlier in the week and then, or like it was the week before on the ninth, right? And then uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, we get to double. This yes. would be great. Yes. And I don't know... Um, my kids are going to garner for that and the Slurpees. They so. probably will. They're going to be like, Slurpees on a Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah, after Mexican food. So, <laughs> And I don't know how many of you are super into liturgical decorating, but I'm told that Aldi has blue table runners and blue cloth napkins with gold stars on them. Yeah. That would be perfect for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. But you could really decorate in whatever way. I mean, you could take any one little piece of that image. There's just so much to look at and so much to take in. Like any piece that really strikes you and make that part of your decor, part of your centerpiece, let the kids color a picture. I mean, there's just, there's so much there to unpack um, while you're eating Mexican food, of course. Right. And what I love is the story is true, right? We can yes. go see the Tilma now. And so it's helping our kids see that this isn't just some f- folklore or story that's been passed down for fun, right? It, this is something that we could go visit. We could plan a vacation around. 
we probably won't because, you know, it's December, but we could still see these things and you can go on the websites and find these verifications and it just helps make it more real that these moments are happening. And so it points to what the reality of Christmas is. Yes, yes. So I love all of these as as ways for us to really enter into this anticipation and enter into the waiting in a way that's joyful, in a way that's saying it's not Christmas just yet, but we are getting ever closer um, and, and we have these saints who we can who we can really connect with while we're waiting. Right. Yes, we are getting so close, you guys. So our um, our challenge this week is a really fun one, and that's to look up the story of Saint Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe. And yeah. there is a link on fifty two Sundays dot com. Um, Tara, do you have others you think that are good too? Or well, you can find local celebrations for yes. Saint Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe. But I also love the family challenge this week is just uh, to call on Mary. So pray the Hail Mary every day. And what's great is as that prayer becomes more familiar, you can even have your little kids lead or uh, learn the call and response versions of it and different things like that to help them grow. Uh, you know, and you can stretch it even more if you want to do a whole decade of the rosary by the end of the week. But it uh, it's this aw- awesome opportunity to reflect and just grow closer to Mary, right? And I love and- your hopefulness the first week of December <laughs> that we could get through a decade of the rosary. Thank I said you. by the end of the week, so we've done seven, <laughs> one a day, right? So you just do three extra that last day. So, but oh, uh, over the course of a week, okay, that makes me feel much better. Or by the or by Saturday, you can do one an hour. But um, it gives you this opportunity to kind of grow closer to Mary. Right. And who do we look to during Advent? Is Mary's on this journey? Yes. Right. Getting us to the birth of Christ. Right. I, yes. And and moms who are listening like this is just ever so real. Like just just trying to like enter into that moment of like her waiting. Right. He's in there. She's probably so uncomfortable. Like I just and traveling, uh, traveling guys. I don't even like getting in the car when I'm that pregnant. Can you imagine riding on a donkey? No. No. No, I will not be doing that. <laughs> but it's just the commitment and the continuing on and yes. that we can turn to her. Oh, she's such a gift. And ask her for her intercession. Yes. Thank you so much. So thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. May your Advent journey continue to be inspired and hopeful. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can reach us at beyondsunday at aod.org. This episode of Beyond Sunday is brought to you by Assumption University in Windsor, Ontario. One of Canada's most historic Catholic institutes of higher learning, tracing its origins to 1857. Learn more about their online graduate diploma in Catholic studies by going to assumptionu.ca or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.